Hi, I'm Coach Corey Wayne, and this is my video coaching newsletter. And the topic of today's newsletter is going to be how a woman tests you. Well, I've got a really cool email here from a woman, and she writes in and she describes a couple ways that she goes about testing men that she's either dating or on a date with or guys that she meets to see what they're made of. Now, the average guy really has no idea that most women are testing them to see what they're made of. They do things to try to see if a guy will change his opinion or go back on his word because he's just trying to match hers. In other words, they want to know that you got a spine, that you stand up for yourself and what you believe in. So that was a great email to share. And I got a quote that I wrote on this topic and I'm going to go right through her email. And the quote says, most men do not realize that women are constantly testing their strength and worthiness to determine if they are confident in alpha or indecisive in beta. Men and women are both naturally and biologically attracted to the most dominant members of the opposite sex. The more beautiful you are, the happier you are, the better your body is, the more outgoing and confident you are, the more successful you are in getting you what you want in life, the more members of the opposite sex are going to find you desirable and attractive. Humans are literally hardwired to seek out the best mates with the best genes because they will produce the strongest offspring that will eventually survive to adulthood, procreate, and pass on the family genes. Seek to make your body and your life the best you can be in order to attract the best quality mates. Let's go through her email. Hi Coach Wayne, I'm a 41 year old single divorced mom with a great career. I own my own house and I've been able to provide for my three-year-old daughter. After 16 years of marriage, I found myself single. I got a good friend of mine that had been married for about 15 years. I just found out recently that he and his wife had split up. I was pretty shocked and surprised because he was one of the few people I would have gone, what? It's the kind of thing that if, if you borrow, if you ever saw the old uh, Chevy Chase movie, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, where Eddie comes in and Clark Griswold, played by Chevy Chase, he says, I would not be more surprised if I woke up tomorrow with my head sewn to the carpet than I am right now, obviously with cousin Eddie being there in his living room. And that was one of the things I was shocked to hear my buddy say, yeah, we're done, we're split up. And I was like, what? I was like, dude, that was the last thing I expected you to tell me when we got together today. But people and I was like people don't want to admit what's really going on in their lives it's only afterwards that you find out oh okay so that's what was really going on there looks can definitely be deceiving she says I took two years to focus on myself which was great and I'm now back in the dating scene I've always been told that I'm an alpha female at first it used to bother me but now I embrace it well it's definitely a compliment to you Having said that, I'm also very traditional when it comes to male and female relationships. I love to cook and keep a clean home. I also like to have my man's back through great times and bad times. Well, a lot of women struggle with, especially when it comes to their career, they're in their masculine in order to excel in their career, but when they get home at night, it's hard for them to take, kind of take off that masculine armor and slip back into their feminine energy and be more womanly, if you will. 
I don't have issues getting asked out on dates, and in fact, some of my friends have told me that they've never seen any one person get asked out as often as I do. However, I don't serial date, and I really do want something substantial. And so here, what's interesting is she gives a couple of examples of how she goes about testing the average guy to see what the hell he's made of. She says, I've learned more about myself through your book and your website than I have with other female-specific dating coaches. I'm finally understanding why I'm attracted to some men while I'm completely turned off by others. I've said many times, I talk about this in the book, it's like the average woman doesn't really understand what she's attracted to. She's got an idea of what she's supposed to be attracted to because that's what society says, but when you actually look at the characteristics of the guys they date and are in long-term relationships versus the guys they blow off in friend zone, it's usually the opposite of what they say they want. I find that interesting. And you can see the average guy, when he asks a woman for advice, she goes into, I don't want to hurt his feelings mode and says things hoping he'll figure it out, but really often just leaves him more confused than anything. That was the thing I started, like my late 20s, my early 30s, I started realizing it's not a good idea, as much as I love my female girlfriends, to be taking date advice from them because they, quite frankly, don't really understand things. It's like they say they want one thing, but then when you look at the guys that they're dating, you're like, wait a minute, you say you don't like this type of guy, but this is exactly the way your boyfriend is. It's like, huh? She says, here, here are two things I do on dates to test these men that I thought might be of interest to you. Listen up, guys. Number one, when a man sets a day, a time, and a place for a date, I automatically agree. So far, so good. Once I arrive, I typically suggest that we try another place down the road. I do this to see if they will stand their ground and say something like, Let's just stay here. I mean, think if, if you really want to go to a place and you've thought out where you want to meet because it's a cool place, and it goes like, well, hey, let's go down the street. And you're looking forward to being there and you really want to be there and you don't really want to go. And now somebody's got a, if she's got a better idea, like, let's go check it out. But if you really want to be there, you're like, well, let's just get a drink here and see how it goes. We're already here now. We already put our name in the list. That's what I take. I don't really feel like getting in my fucking car and driving down the road anyways. That's how I would approach it. But like I said, the average guy that doesn't know any better, he goes into super pleaser mode. What's he think? Okay, well, yeah, let's go down the street. Not because he wants to go down the street. He's only going down the street because it's what she wants to do. Not because he's going, that's a great idea. That's even better than this place. Let's go do that. And that's what she's looking for. She's looking for a guy that stands up for himself and what he believes in, not a dude that's a fucking doormat or a pleaser or a guy that's wanting to wait on her hand and foot and be a butler because that dude's never gonna stand up for himself. He's never gonna say what he really thinks and therefore, because he's not saying and speaking and doing what he really thinks, she can't really trust his masculine core. She doesn't really know what the guy, what she's working with. Men who are sure of themselves make a woman feel confident and safe. And guys who are indecisive or who are pleasers are weak by nature. And therefore, if they're in, or in any real physical danger, deep down, they're going to be wondering, would this guy defend me or would he just fucking haul ass and leave me to fend for myself? 
And number two, here's the second way that she tests guys. When a man sets a day, time, and place at a sports bar, I automatically agree. Within one drink and conversation, I suggest that we play darts, shuffleboard, bowling, or shoot some pool. It's interesting because these are some of the things I suggest in my book. Now, the reason I suggest these in the book from a guy's perspective is because it enables you to have some physical interaction. Like you're playing pool, playing darts, you can be playful and have fun, occasionally treat her like the bratty little sister. 90% of the time you're the charming James Bond, 10% of the time you're messing with her a little bit. Plus, it gives, because you're standing, it gives her the ability to touch you or to punch your arm playfully, and that causes the touching to start. And when the touching starts, you as a guy, you're gonna escalate that a little further. Well, obviously you can't keep your hands off me. You might as well just get it over with and kiss me because obviously I can tell the way you're looking at me. I mean, come on. You'd be playful, have fun. The idea is to be ridiculous. It's not to be serious, it's to be ridiculous and absurd and fun and playful. Because, I mean, let's face it, life is difficult enough as it is. We all have enough challenges in our workplace, in our lives, and you go on a date, you want to escape. You want to be with somebody that you can have a good time with and laugh with. And obviously in this situation, when you're doing th physical things together, it, what it does, it creates the conditions where touching can happen. Because the bottom line is touching leads to heavy petting, heavy petting leads to kissing, kissing leads to let's go someplace that's more quiet or intimate so the seduction can continue. So she continues on, it's not, and so from the woman's perspective, here's how she's looking at this. This is why she suggests to do these things. She says, it's not about the game itself, but I like to see what their competitive side is like and how they deal under pressure. So if you're the type of guy that like you're playing golf with your buddies and you're taking strokes off your scorecard there, if you're playing darts with a girl and you're trying to claim points or things that really aren't yours, obviously it's gonna reveal some things about your character. She says she wants to see how they, how they deal with under pressure. Maybe she's really good in darts and she's playing a guy that sucks in darts. Now if a guy is deeply insecure about himself and she whips his ass in darts and teases him about it, and, he's, and instead of smiling and laughing it off like it doesn't fucking bother him, if it like literally gets under his skin and, he, and she can tell it's making him angry, do you think she's going to feel more safe with that guy? Or do you think she's going to pull back a little bit and start putting the walls up a little bit more? It's very, very important not to lose your shit. So she continues on. It gives me a huge insight. And by, just by doing these two things, it has helped me gauge which man will be a better fit for me. I forget which chapter in your book covers this, but you are obviously right. Well, I might not always be right, but I'm never wrong. It's not about whether the man sets the date or even brings flowers. It's so much more than that. It's about what their demeanor is like and how comfortable they are with their physical space. In other words, do they get butthurt if they're losing, if she's kicking their ass in pool? Do they get butthurt and say, well, let's play something else? 
very important. Your commun we communicate, I think it's like 75% of what we communicate is body language, physiology, just our presence. I don't remember the exact statistics. I'm sure somebody will probably post it under the email somewhere. I remember wrote about it in the book, but it's been so long, I forgot what the numbers are exactly. But it's like the actual words that you communicate, I think it's only like 10, 15% of what you communicate are the actual words. So it's your vibe, it's the tone of your voice, it's the look on your face that tells a woman everything about you and how you're reacting to this situation. If you're on a first date and you're already getting butt hurt and upset because she kicked your ass in the pool, it's going to be very hard to get a second date out of a woman like that when you're behaving that way. So she says, my question for you is the following. What advice do you have for alpha females to better spot men that have these male substantial qualities? Obviously, reading the book and knowing it backwards and forwards so you know the traits to look for because we're all guilty of this, men and women both. When you really like somebody, remember, human beings, we make decisions based upon our emotions. And we use logic and reason to justify our decision. And it often happens when you find somebody and you're really attracted to them and you see those red flags popping up that show their undesirable characteristics, but because you're really into that person, you make an excuse for, oh, well, I can change them or I can get her to loosen up, or I can get her to change her opinion, or I can get her to, to treat me in a way that she's never treated anybody else just because I'm so much more awesome. And we all do that. I, I'm guilty of that. I had a girlfriend from a couple of years ago, and this was my Brazilian girlfriend, and I remember after we had split up, I was thinking, how could I have possibly attracted somebody in my life who had so many things that I like? Because like for me, it's very rare in my life to find somebody that is growth oriented, that's healthy, that I'm really attracted to, that has the same goals, that has the same values, has the same interests in spirituality, the same spiritual outlook in life, somebody that's a business owner, entrepreneur type, somebody that I really jive with. You know, I think about all the people I've met in my life that actually have the same spiritual beliefs that I do it's very rare and so when I do encounter somebody like that it's just the conversations we have last all hours of the day and night it's exciting and compelling to me and so I remember questioning myself I was like how could I attract a woman in my life after everything I've experienced everything I've learned who's a horrible communicator whose answer whenever there was a problem was I don't want to talk about it and what I came to realize was that Everything you do, everything you are, everything you embody gives off a vibe. And at that particular time in my life, when I attracted her, I was still in the process of delegating away a lot of the things that I was doing because, as you'll read in my second book, which, as a matter of fact, I just wrote the conclusion to last night, so we're getting really close to being done with the editing in the second book. But, you know, like I was saying, is that what... I came to recognize is at that particular time when I met her, I wasn't as chilled out and relaxed. I hadn't delegated. There were still a lot of things in my life and my business I was doing that I didn't want to do, but I hadn't delegated those things away to other people. And so I was in a lot more stressed placed vibrationally, obviously, than I am today. And your outer world tends to be a reflection of your inner world. It's like when I think back to like my late 20s, 
like after I left my wife, it was like the women that I was meeting and dating. Remember, I still had a belief back then that deep down, I didn't feel like I deserved what I wanted. And I oftentimes was attracted to women that either had mediocre interest in me or weren't really that into me. And so at that time in my life, I tended to attract a lot of women into my life that really just weren't that into me. And I was still thinking, I'm going to talk them into liking me more or wanting me more or going out on more dates. And it's true. Some of them, as long as they're on a scale of 1 to 10, they're a 5, at least as far as attraction level, you can get them to fall for you over time by doing more things right than wrong. It was just... It was a reflection of where I was vibrationally because of how I perceive myself or the vibration that I put out into the world that determined that I would literally attract women that were kind of on the same wavelength that I was. That's why I place such a huge emphasis when people are like, well, how do I attract the kind of person that I want? It's really you have to become the kind of person that you want to attract. And the beauty of the universe is, is that when you have a blind spot, or you have a weakness, or you got a part of your life that maybe you need to place more attention on than you have been, or maybe it's a part of your life you're just ignoring, the universe will bring somebody into your life, a woman obviously if you're a guy, who's really gonna test that, that chink in your armor. And so the lesson for me with my Brazilian girlfriend was I needed to delegate even more things away, and I really needed to focus even more on my life in having a more stress-free life. And it was one of the reasons why I was so excited to get to a place where I was living on the beach so I could embody that beach bum kind of vibe. Because you know, years before, when I was still in the real estate, I lived on a lake. So I had a lot of, had a lot of staff. We had 40 employees, I had two business partners. And so I had 10, 15 different people that when I had things that needed to be done, I could delegate those away to. And so as my business grew, I was slowly adding more people. You know, eventually added a full-time assistant who's been with me for about three, about almost three years now. Delegate a lot of the things away that had to be done but that I didn't enjoy doing and that helped me be into a more peaceful and relaxed state. And that, to me, that was the gift, that was a lesson that I experienced from the Brazilian girlfriend that I had. But like I said, if you look at any especially as the older you get and you look back in your life and you look at the the friends that you it's like my business you know the business I had in, in real estate you know when I met those guys I had just left my wife we were all working together I was building a new business I had a lot of stress going on in my life and there were a lot of things I hadn't overcome and so the business partners that I had guess what they brought a lot of stress into my life and my business relationship. And I tended to hire employees that also tended to bring more stress and drama into my life. But if I look at like the business that I have today, is that everybody that works for me now, they're all in, you know, for the most part, other than my assistant, they're all independent contractors. Everybody, I give them objectives to achieve and things that I wanna accomplish, and it's up to them to figure out their schedule and work when it's convenient for them. So it's like the way I've set my life up now has caused me to attract people into my life who are all kind of on that same kind of vibe because you are going to attract exactly how you act. And if you're in a stressed state, you're gonna attract women to date, you're gonna attract friends in your life, and you're gonna attract clients into your life 
that are really going to challenge your ability to remain in a peaceful and relaxed state. Because remember, we're always going to do our best work when we're relaxed, when we're chilled out. And so that should be something that's always in the back of all of our minds. Is that, and when we're building our life and our lifestyle out, is we want to have it full of people who add to calmness, who add to our feeling of, and sense of peace and being relaxed and not being stressed out. Because when you tolerate those people in your life, guess what? What you observe, you participate in. And if you tolerate those kind of people in your life that bring stress in your life, you're actually communicating to the universe that you want more of that. And guess what? The universe will definitely provide based on where you're at vibrationally. So back to our, our email here. So she says, I personally don't care what kind of job the man has as long as he's confident, comfortable with his physical space, can step up when needed, and is steadfast with his decision-making process. And oh, he should be a great kisser too. So again, it's like I was saying, it's really about creating a life and lifestyle and becoming the kind of person that's going to attract that kind of guy that you want into your life. Are you somebody who's confident? Are you somebody who's comfortable with your physical space? Are you somebody that takes care of things when needed? Obviously, anybody that is an alpha male or an alpha female, when something needs to get done in their lives, when something needs to get handled, they do it. The alpha handles it and takes action. The beta doesn't. So think about your friendships. Think about the people that you spend your time with. If you're a high achiever, but most of the people that you spend your time with are low achievers, well, again, you're communicating to the universe that you're okay with that vibration. Therefore, the universe is going to send you more people like that. So it's really super important that, you know, as it's been said, you're going to become like the five people that you spend most of your time with. So you've got to be very careful about who you allow into your inner circle and who you spend your, your time with because whatever the vibe is that those five people are giving off, that's exactly what you're going to get more of in life. Definitely something to think about. So if you'd like to get my help personally, the quickest way is to go to my website, click the products tab at the top of your screen on any page and book whatever kind of coaching option works for you and I. We'll talk to you soon.